This archival program of Design Matters with Debbie Millman was produced for Voice America Internet Radio. New programs with better audio quality are now being produced for Design Observer. You can subscribe in the iTunes Store or at the Observer Media Channel on Design Observer. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the show that takes you inside the provocative and stimulating world of design and branding as it intersects with contemporary culture. Here's your host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. I've been reading a book by Leonard Schlein titled The Alphabet Versus the Goddess, The Conflict Between Word and Image. It's a fascinating and rather heady book which tracks the correlations between the rise and fall of literacy and the changing status of men and women in society, mythology, and religion throughout history and in culture. The book contrasts the so-called right-brain teachings of Socrates, Christ, and the Buddha with the hierarchical and sexist forms that evolved when their spoken words were committed to writing. Shalane points out that chivalry and courtly love arose during the illiterate Dark Ages and plummeted with the invention of the printing press and the return of literacy. The Protestant attack on the Virgin Mary and all holy images followed, as did ferocious religious wars and neurotic witch hunts. This gripping book explores the dark side of literacy and art, or image, describing and tallying its previously unrecognized costs. Schlein goes on to describe a colossal shift he calls the iconic revolution beginning in the 19th century, what he refers as the return of the image. He puts forth that the invention of photography and the discovery of electromagnetism have brought us film, television, video, computers, advertising, graphics, and a shift from the dominance of the left hemisphere to reassertion of the right. Image information has gradually been superseding print information, and in the resulting social revolution, women have benefited as society shifts to embrace these feminine values. Schlein does not explain the preeminence of men in graphic design and photography, but he predicts that increasing reliance on holistic image information will move our culture toward an equilibrium between left and right hemispheres, between masculine and feminine, between word and image. I have written extensively about women in graphic design, and we are now living in a day and age where women designers, for the first time in history, outnumber men. But today, I want to talk about men and design. But not just any men, so to speak. Today, I want to talk about boys, bad boys. Bad boys is a term that tends to be used when describing a renegade character, there was the movie Bad Boys and its most unfortunate sequel, Bad Boys 2, which featured ingeniously misbehaving cops played by Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Then there is the somewhat heinous television show Cops with its requisite Bad Boys soundtrack, which manages to provide the whole saga with a somewhat skanky overtone. I googled the term bad boys and happily discovered everything there is bad boy. The top ten sites featured bad boy clothing, a site for P. Diddy and a separate site of his bad boy records. Who knew there was a DJ named Bad Boy Bill in which you can find, according to The Bill, a stimulating dance club experience. You can also find the BBCM Foundation, better known as the Bad Boy Center of Montreal, which happens to be volunteer-based, non-profit, gay organization, giving financial support to groups providing direct care to people living with HIV and AIDS. There is Bad Boy Killers, a site I really couldn't quite comprehend. Killers is K-I-L-L-A-Z. Um, Bad Boy World, a site in Spanish that I couldn't translate, and Bad Boy, the 80s rock band whose PR firm, Surge Entertainment, has a slogan which I loved, the honest PR people. That made me chuckle. Sadly, I missed the opportunity to win a free stuffed stocking by blowing the December 15th deadline in which I could win my very own CD featuring a new song by, you guessed it, Bad Boy himself, or themselves, not really sure what pronoun to use there. 
There have been um, a lot of boys that have been considered bad over the years. How Magazine named graphic designer David Carson a bad boy. Arbus Magazine referred to interior designer Larry Wilson as a bad boy. Metropolis Magazine gave furniture designer Philippe Stark the moniker. And, of course, the father of all things bad boy is none other than the late, great Tibor Kalman, who was famously known for being really bad, saying, rules are good, break them. Isn't that what design is about? Making something seem different from what it is. But being different is certainly not all there is to being bad, bad in quotes. I think it is something extra as well, a certain take-no-prisoners attitude, a je ne sais quoi of sorts. Not merely a flip-off to or a disregard for rules, but more of a now that I know what the rules are and how to break them, I'm going to go ahead and redefine them. Sure, a certain attitude helps, but I truly believe that you can only be really bad when you are really good, and this requires one important tactic, knowing the difference. Fortunately, if bridging the gap between what is really good and really bad were that easy, then the world would be full of creative enterprise, and the term bad boy or bad girl would truly be obsolete. Happily, this is not the case. There are still a few who manage to combine their given talent with the courage it takes to be both good and bad, with the ability to run their own uniquely successful and quite remarkable businesses. Today, dear listeners, I am fortunate to have five, yes, five of them with me on our show. Now I'm going to introduce them to you in alphabetical order. But before I do that, please know that the few little bits of words I'm about to say about these five gentlemen are hardly enough. But if I actually did read their full bios to you, that indeed would take the full hour. So consider these the monarch notes of their bios. First up is Michael Ian Kay, who is the Senior Creative Director at AR, an advertising agency whose clients include Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, and Calvin Klein. Prior to that, Kay was Creative Director in Ogilvy & Mather's Brand Integration Group. Formerly, Michael was the Creative Director of Little Brown & Company, and he has designed many, many, many beautiful award-winning book covers. Design director, designer and art director Mark Kingsley has done lots of stuff for lots of people, lots of famous people. He and his partner, Karen Greenberg, have designed packages for a wide range of musical acts from Pat Metheny and Ted Nugent to Jewel to Bang on a Can. And their 60th anniversary box set for Blue Note Records was nominated for a Grammy Award in 2000. Petter Ringbaum is a partner in Flat, a design studio. Flat makes surprising things for clients like the New York City Marathon, Reuters, and Knoll. Petter grew up in Sweden and was trained at the Cooper Union in New York. He's a fanatic for beautiful but unpredictable old British motorcycles, and he's currently working on a book of radical DIY culture. We'll talk more about that later. Next up is James Victoria, and, well, James is James Victoria. According to Stephen Heller, James is a true and unfettered expressionist. His work is bold and witty. He is a master of form who rejects artifice, whether for a commercial client or a nonprofit group. Passion and purpose underscore his design. And last but certainly not least, born and raised in Mexico City, Armin Witt is a graphic designer and a writer now living in Brooklyn, New York. He has written for the AIGA Journal. Emma Gray, I, How, and Step Magazines, among others. He is co-founder of Under Consideration and founder of the infamous Speak Up. He is also a designer at the acclaimed firm Decker Design. Feisty behind the keyboard, Armin remains timid at heart. Welcome, gentlemen. So nice to have you here with me. Howdy. So, my first question. Who's your favorite female designer? Petter? Hey, baby. Hardly. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Petter? Who's your favorite female designer? Um, I, I guess I would have to say my partner, then, Sia Carson. Okay. And there's a French designer named Gwyneth Gelkler, who I really like. And just to name a few, there's so many. Mark? I have two. It's uh, besides Karen, my partner, obviously. But you, thanks, Petter, for telling me to say that. <laughs> uh, uh, one is um, Ray Kawakubo, who designs for uh, Comico Song, 
is a fashion designer, but her approach is uh, applicable to any kind of discipline. And the other is uh, Martha Stewart, who I think is Good probably one of, the, one of the greatest designers of the 20th centuries. 20th century. I'm nodding and smiling, readers and listeners. Um, Michael, what about you? Mm-hmm. I'm big fans of the number 17. Um, mm-hmm. Emily and Bonnie. Correct. The um, goddesses. But always also and heavily influenced by Karen Goldberg. Mm. Um, voice not often heard from at times, but a major player. Mm-hmm. And Armin, what about you? Well, I have to mention a fellow Mexican, uh, Rebecca Mendez, and Margot Chase, who I was weirdly infatuated with a few years ago, and the most underrated typographer, Ellen Lupton. Oh, thank you. So Armin, Petter, and Mark, you all have business partners that are women. Do you find that you often have differing points of view on design? Do you argue? Who's the boss? Mark? Uh, With us, uh, when it comes to money uh, and any decisions about billing, it's always Karen. I am Uh not allowed to talk to clients about money. (laughs) Why am I not surprised? (laughs) I always agree with my partners. And is that a good thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Armin, what about you? Uh, she, like Mark, she is in charge of making sure things run smoothly. Uh, she makes sure that I don't spend our money foolishly because I tend to do, and uh, she's definitely the boss. Uh, okay. Who's the boss in, in the partnership you have, Petter? Oh, uh, well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, listeners, we're going to have to take a break. I'd like to let everybody know that you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are five bad boys of design, Michael Ian Kay, Mark Kingsley, Peter Ringbaum, James Victoria, and Armin Vitt. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages. Please don't go away. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared for continuing business education. Business Talk Radio. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Rob Wallace. My partners and I run one of the country's premier brand identity and packaging design consultancies, Wallace Church. And if you're like me, you've already become an avid fan of the program that you're listening to, Design Matters. And if you're like me, you want more. You want a deeper dive into some of the strategic and creative issues that have inspired design and affect consumer buying behavior. You want to engage the speakers on a one-to-one basis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in luck. Through the Institute of International Research, a three-day conference is being held in Manhattan's Grand Dom on April 18th through 20th. The conference name is Fuse, and its focus is on the synergy of brand strategy, design, and performance. It promises to be the year's most informative brand identity industry event. Debbie Millman of Design Matters will join Cheryl Swanson to host an elite group of brand identity thought leaders from the marketing, design, and consumer insights worlds. You'll hear from Mary Ann Pesch, the president of Gillette Company's personal care division, on the identity strategies that have shaped some of the most successful world brand launches. Design Matters guests Professor Grant McCracken will analyze the cultural trends that affect consumer interactions with brands. Stanley Hainsworth, global creative director of Starbucks, will be sharing the critical role that design played in the success of that brand phenom, and I will be moderating a panel of corporate design leaders from Nestle, Unilever Foods, Sharing Plow, and the retailer CVS, where you can directly engage them with your questions. This event is dedicated to delivering the most forward-thinking and inspirational as well as real-world and actionable criteria into how you can optimize brand identity in your organization. It is simply not to be missed. For more information, call 888-670-8200. That's 888-670-8200. Or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD for brand identity package design. Again, www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD. Mention Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. I look most forward to meeting you on April 18th at the Plaza here in New York City. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. Are you tired of sitting on the bench? Are you ready to get in the game? Then join David Hayes and Jim Inman every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 Eastern for The Coach, exclusively on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. 
The Coach is a program by financial professionals for financial professionals. Know the techniques used on the field by top financial professionals for personal and professional success. Get off the bench and join the coach every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 Eastern, live on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back, listeners. It is 3.18 Eastern Standard Time, and you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are five bad boys of design, Michael Ian Kay, Mark Kingsley, Petter Ringbaum, James Victoria, and Armin Zitt. If you would like to join our conversation, and why wouldn't you, or if you have a question for any of these lovely gentlemen, please call one 866 233-7861. So, we left our listeners by talking about who was the boss in relationships that are also businesses. But now I want to move on to the work that you all do. And you've all been known for doing very edgy and provocative work. And James, I'd like to start with you. Um, you have done posters with rabbits having sex in an effort to communicate birth control. You have a very famous poster you designed for NAACP titled The Death Penalty Mocks Justice, in which a white-on-black drawing of a skull with a stuck-out tongue in the form of an American flag is featured. And, in fact, the slogan on your website describes your practice as a design studio hell-bent on world domination. And yet you also work for companies doing provocative work, I might add, like Moet and Chandon and Starbucks. How do you reconcile your style, your philosophy, your politics, et cetera, with clients that have such a wide range of messages? Uh, I think I can answer for um, for all of us in that, um, uh, you know, we're, as designers, we're not just one-dimensional people. We don't have a, a certain shtick and just ply it out, you know, as a as a veneer for clients. You know, I... The last thing I do, I mean, I, as a designer, I don't pick colors and ty- pick typography. Um, it, that kind of stuff doesn't interest me. Um, I mean, I work for cultural institutions. I work for a motorcycle company. Um, um, we, you know, we do all kinds of different work for different clients. And what they're ultimately buying, what they're ultimately paying for is, is, is uh, a sense of humor and sex appeal and style. Um, uh, and we apply it differently, you know, differently to, to each company to make them memorable, to make them sexy, to you know, and to make the, to make their ideas and their their concepts and their products uh, sticky, mm-hmm. you know, and attractive. Why don't you have any interest in picking colors or typography? Um, you know, ultimately we do, but for me, that's that's the last step. The, you know, the big the, the important work is the stuff you do before you even put you know pencil to paper or before you boot up your computer. It's about thinking about this client and what they're well, you know, what they what they need and what would be fun and and also what you know what the public would be interesting to see. You know, I'm doing a subway poster for the School of Visual Arts right now, and the first thing I had to do was sit back and say, what would what would really what would really pop New Yorkers' eyes? What would really make something interesting? You see, Debbie, uh, Paul Rand made this comment once that uh, picking a typeface uh, was pretty much akin to magic and superstition. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've, God knows I've had enough clients looking for the magic typeface. And I'm like James. I mean, James is right. I mean, it's the last thing I care about. Well, I find it interesting. I think that all five of you have very unique styles, and my, one of the criteria in my mind of a successful brand is being able to um, essentially cover up the logo. Let's say we're looking at where we all have Aquafina bottles in front of us. If we covered up the Aquafina bottle, we would very likely, based on the vernacular that is in front of us, be able to identify the brand. And in, in many, many cases, I could look at your work, not know it was yours, but know it was yours. I wouldn't necessarily have to see the credit. You all have a bit of what I would call a style, you know, a specific way of doing things that looks a certain way. And yet most of what you do from project to project is also very unique. Tell me a little bit about 
your idea of your own personal style? Do you think that it's something? I, I, let me ask you. Let me give you a little bit more detail on why I'm asking this. On Design Observer right now, another design blog, Art Chantry has been talking a lot about how his style has actually inhibited his success because he has such a recognizable look that's been copied so much that it's essentially uh, diminished the capacity he has to continue to do that kind of work. So how do you feel about your own personal styles? Do you think it's something that helps, hinders, identifies? James, you first. Yeah, I mean, I hear a lot of designers talk about how they don't have any style, and I think they're, they're, they're obviously drunk. Um, <laughs> this, this idea no, of not. previously, the, like the modernists, you know, they were just empty vessels, um, and they, had, they made no comment. I mean, my, my clients pay me for my opinion. And they pay me, and certain, certain clients, like I go to the school called the uh, Portfolio Center in Atlanta, Georgia, they, they pay me for my attitude. Um, that, that's the style. I mean, as far as, I'm not terribly concerned what the stuff looks like, and I think that's what you're talking about with style. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do some stuff where it's just a black, scratchy type on a white page, and we do some stuff where we're in a photography studio for three days trying to pull it off. Um, it doesn't really matter to me. The end result is, it, you know, is, is that, uh, you know, is that the thing just kind of sings? You know, Michael, but, you know, Ma- I'm, I'm sorry, uh, go on. No, no, we don't want to interrupt you, James. <laughs> but I do want to ask Michael, what do you think about the question? Do you feel like you have a, a Michael Ian K style? Um, no, but other people have told me I do, but for me it's so much more about the process that goes in it's the idea and coming up with the ideas. Um, I, I'm a little hung up on visual articulation. I like picking typefaces that mm-hmm. support my ideas, and I think certain typefaces support my ideas a bit better. Um, but I think that I don't, the range of projects and the range of clients that I work on now almost prohibit me from having a style. Interesting. Peter, what about you? You're looking very puzzled. Well, I, you know, it's a tough question. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, do, I mean, of course, I, like, I, I agree with James that everybody has a way of working and that you could call it a style, and I, I don't think there's any way of getting around that. Um, so I would be lying if I said I didn't have a style. On the well, there's definitely style. a flat style. Yeah, I mean, there's no and, question and about there, that. Yes. But is your question, is it prohibiting me from in any way? Yeah, is it prohibiting you, or is it? Do you feel like it's something that is helping you build a, a practice? It's definitely something that's helping you build a practice. I mean, at the end of the day, there has to be a reason why why a client picked you to work on something, except for your previous product, or I mean, your reputation or your awards or whatever. There must there must be something about that work that they that appeals to them. Armin, you're the youngest person in the room, and I think that. Speak Up certainly has a very, very unique style. Is this something that you're um, aspiring to, to have a very specific look to the work that you do, or are you searching for more of a ability to translate objectives that your clients have in ways that might not be able to connect one project to the next? Well, for me, it's, uh, it's really a lot about type. I do put a lot of emphasis on choosing type and um Mostly because it's a way to communicate, and but I think you know, being young, it's finding your own voice and working for other, working as an employee for other firms. It's um, you don't get to develop your voice as strongly as you would on your own, where clients come in looking for you. Um, I think eventually, what I'm doing now is going to help me build a voice that I'm working on, and this is this is a time where I can explore. Without losing, without losing clients. I mean, I can. I'm losing somebody else's clients, but that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Michael, I'd like to read you a quote um, from Chip Kidd, uh, extraordinary book designer, describing your work. And he says, "There's a WTH factor with Michael Ian Kay's design, as in, what the hell is going on here? Why is that? How do you go about creating work that gets this type of reaction?" Um, I always thought he said that because he didn't like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I, I, I guess it's the goal is to, in one of my goals in creating work is to make people ask a question back, and that question might be WTF. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can engage them in a dialogue, um, I think that I keep them longer. Um, and I think that that's the goal of what we're trying to do here is to engage, or depending on the sort of project, to engage the viewer for the longest period of time possible. So let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Is it true that you tried to get a penis on the cover of a book by Faye Weldon called Life Force? Um, I put a penis on the cover of the book, so it was. It was oh, it, it, it was successful. Happened. So tell us about that experience. Um, well, it was a book about a very well endowed man, um, and you might say, I guess, his endowment was the the. the what Mark pointed to himself. I want to let our listeners know I that see. Mark actually um, pointed to himself. You did not Michael model said. for his project, though. <laughs> Damn it. You were supposed to say that. I wish that our listeners could get some of the, the um, things that are happening here in person that are just impossible to be able to articulate. But as you were saying, the um, penis on the cover. So um, it was the, you know, the plot revolved around, I guess, his endowment. So... Uh, it was really important, it being the focal point, that I find a way to get a penis onto the cover of the book in my mind. And so if one is going to do that, I thought, well, it has to be a famous penis. It's the only it's the only way. I didn't know there uh, were famous well, penises. Well, there was only well, one I famous mean... penis that came to mind. And um, that was? Uh, David. Oh, okay. I get it. I, I see. I was going in a completely different direction here. It wasn't John Holmes or Jeff Stryker. <laughs> Peter and I were thinking on the same chain. <laughs> um, no, a classic penis, because Faye Weldon is kind of a classic writer to boot. Um, the only uh, restriction was that there was a little removable piece of paper that actually covered the penis. So when you got it home, you could kind of fold the paper back, the belly band back, and revel in the penis of David. Um, and in the confines of the bookstore, um, it was camouflaged so that um, those who might be offended um, wouldn't have to participate. But Okay, well, um, listeners, we're going to have to take a very short break. We'll be back with this very steamy conversation. I'd like to let our listeners know that they are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are five bad boys of design, Michael Ian Kay, Mark Kingsley, Peter Ringbaum, James Victoria, and Armin Vitt. We will be right back with our broadcast after these messages. Please don't go away. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Good afternoon. I'm Pamela DeCesar of Brand Muse, and I'm excited to talk with you about the upcoming Brand Identity and Package Design Conference in April in New York City. I've been involved in this event for a number of years and love the yearly discussions that examine marketing, design, research, and production trends and get to the heart of the most pressing issues facing us in the industry today. Discover the reality of design in corporate America and the paradox of packaging. Design gurus Bruce Mao and John Maida, along with brand leaders from Gillette, General Mills, and MTV, will go in-depth into the most pressing issues we face and will deliver cutting-edge ideas that demonstrate brand growth and bottom-line impact through innovative strategy and design. Highlights this year include a dynamic multi-speaker symposium focused on capturing the global market, more speakers and sessions than ever before, Two new interactive workshops on making better color choices and breaking out of the box to achieve packaging innovation. A panel discussion on how two functions, creative and research, can work together effectively. Plus a cocktail party to connect and network with colleagues and friends. For more information, call 888-670-8200 or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD or email register at iirusa.com. Mention that you heard about the event from Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. So rise to the challenge. Consider this conference an investment in your brand's future. Clear your calendar and prepare to walk away with inspiration, insight, and creative new ideas to implement when you return to the office. So see you in the Big Apple at the Plaza, April 18th through the 20th. Achieve total wealth management. 
Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Roy Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern on Business America Radio. Three Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a values-based approach to comprehensive total wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road of financial independence. Listen to Three Dimensional Wealth with Roy Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, businessamericaradio.com. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On Managing Technology the Right Way, we'll talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its associated risks. Heard every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Sun Jogal, the host of Managing Technology the Right Way, will interview business leaders and other experts that have shaped the way we use technology. If you want to keep up with the changing world of technology, listen to Managing Technology the Right Way with Sun Jogal every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.33 Eastern Standard Time, and you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are five bad boys of design who are all giving me a really hard time here in the studio. Michael Ian Kay, Mark Kingsley, Petter Ringbaum, James Victoria, and Armin Vitt. If you'd like to join our conversation or have a question for any of these lovely men, please call 1-866-233-7861. We left our listeners uh, in the middle of a conversation about book design and penises, um, and now I'd like to move on to some more recent projects that you're doing. Um, I know that you're all doing some really exciting work. Um, Mark, want to tell us what your current project du jour is? Uh, um, right now, the biggest thing on my plate is uh, City Parks Foundation, which is an organization that puts on like, a couple hundred uh, events across New York City every year. They also uh, oversee Summer Stage, Charlie Parker Jazz Festival, and numerous other Swedish Cottage Marionette Theater. I mean, bad boy. <laughs> we've uh, we've been involved with Summer Stage for about four years, and what we're doing is expanding our work, our scope of work, to kind of better brand, I guess, to use for lack of a better word. Uh, the Why is that a bad word, Mark? Uh, it's an overused word because okay. people that use it don't know what it means. I think. Okay. That's that's a whole other show. Yes, right? it is, that's a, and that's a good topic actually. Um, the um, so we're, we're expanding the brand to make it a, a bigger city parks thing because they put on so many events, and people it's kind of hard to distinguish between the New York City Department of Parks, Central Park Conservancy, City Parks Department. I mean, you name it. There's so many park things out there, and uh, so that's the biggest thing on my plate right now. And I just have a book that came out on uh, Duchamp and Man Ray, where um, a third of the book is invisible. So I'm very happy with that. How did your client ever let you get away with that? I, you know, I've been blessed with, uh, when, when finding a client, you should try and find someone who's smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed, and I actually found somebody who's smarter than me, and uh, Sean Kelly, who has a gallery in Chelsea, and put on this amazing show with a never-before-seen Duchamp work. And now, why did you make a third of the book invisible? What was the strategy behind that? It was to kind of suggest the reflection and the duality of uh, the reflection of their uh, relationship because uh, one was a European living in America, another was an American living in Europe. One used assumed names in his work, another one had an assumed name for his life. So there's all sorts of like kind of reflection and duality. So we, uh, that's where we kind of went from. I'm going to ask a silly question. So there's nothing printed on the pages? Actually, it's a very light tinted varnish. Okay, so you can actually see backwards. something if you look carefully. Yeah. Okay. And it's backwards. And within the text, we took and uh, made dirty anagrams on people's names. So when Sean Kelly signs an essay, in the reflection, it's, he's known as Sally Knee. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Um, James, I've gotten wind of a show that you have coming up in September at Lead Based. Um, my sources are telling me that it's going to be a body exhibition called Dirty Dishes, and it will be a series of drawings on plates. Can you talk a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. I always carry uh, markers and paint markers with me. I always have, and we'll go out to dinner with with friends and families, and I end up uh, by the end of the evening have drawn on you know drawn on all the plates, and then we steal them from the restaurant. Nice. Um, and I've gotten to this point in my career where people keep referring to me as kind of the uh, uh, an, an artist and not a graphic designer. So now I'm just going to take that by the balls and go out and and uh, have a gallery show of. Uh, of these plates, nice. Yeah, it's it's kind it's kind of funny, um, um, and uh, I'm but more important than that, I'm getting married in June. So goodbye, bad boy. <laughs> I hear a lot of women just sighing right now. Um, Michael, one word, Beyonce. Tell me everything. Uh, Beyonce and her mother, Tina Knowles, stylist of Destiny Child. Destiny's Child, uh, she and her mother are getting together and they're, uh, they have a new clothing line uh, called the uh, House of Jerome. So I've been working with with Beyonce on a brand identity. What's new that logo. like? Um, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah? Um, no, it's, uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, the, the project is kind of where couture meets street and the identity takes its roots from typography that's much more couture like yet there's a accent on the e of drone and that accent mark becomes the street um and also the capital letter d which you will see on people's asses all over the city very soon nice what was it like to work with kate spade um it was great um, you did her identity and fabric design, is that correct? Uh, I did uh, a mark for them, okay. um, some identity work, and they turned that mark or we turned that mark into a uh, signature fabric. And again, I guess it's not, it's many, many women have it as clasps and whatnot on all of their Kate Spade products, but they're very smart, Kate and Andy, very smart people. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's a great opportunity to work with them. Petter, I've been digging around trying to find really juicy gossip on you. Um, apparently, you have a new book deal, but I haven't been able to get any more info than that. What can you tell us? Well, it's a book. Um, I've got a pretty big publisher lined up. It's a book on uh, radical DIY culture. It's kind of a, of a thing we've been working on for a good five years or so. What is radical DIY culture? Come again? What is radical DIY culture? Well, I mean, some examples would be... You know, it's really like products that interest us, and we're kind of immersed in that culture. And it's everything from like making underwear out of old T-shirts to building your own motorcycle in your uh, kitchen in Brooklyn, which I have a friend who did. And things like that. When will that be coming out? Uh, about a year from now. Uh, it's under the brand Supernatural, which is uh, the site that we currently have that's featuring a bunch of projects of, from friends of ours and from other people around the, the world who who do really interesting stuff. And Armin, you also have a book deal with Princeton Architectural Press. What's that about? Well, um, it's not as exciting as having Beyonce in my house or my office. <laughs> and the stuff I do, the stuff that I'm passionate about is... I know, uh, suddenly I feel like my life is really dull and boring. <laughs> the stuff I do, that, the, the stuff that I really like and I do on the side is speak up. It's all for graphic designers. It's not... It's not for culture at large, so it's very, some might say insular, but whatever, it's for the benefit of the profession. And what we're doing is trying to find a translation for Speak Up, the blog that I started, into the traditional publishing, traditional uh, publication realm. And we're trying to find ways in which we can tackle different topics in by many people, different aspects uh and not just words, try to find visual ways in which we can address certain points. Um, but it's all still in the works, and who knows when it will come out, probably next year. Okay. You talked a little bit about the, the benefit of our, how did you put it, the benefit of our business? Uh-huh. The benefit of design? I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, and I have a, a whole load of questions for all of you that I was hoping to ask you each individually, but I think what I'm going to do is, is ask you all individual questions as opposed to asking you all answer the same ones so that we can get more information from you. Um, Armin, what do you believe is the responsibility of today's designers? Are we doing enough? You know, 
I'm so totally over this. Designers don't do enough for the force uh, society. I mean, it's, it's really a lot of bullshit. Um, designers do. Designers should do what they believe in, and they should only serve um, their society. I mean, whose society are they responsible to? Society at large, the USA. What I mean, if they help their neighborhoods, whatever the if they put up flyers to clean up the trash, to move your car to the other side of the street so that the people can clean up the trash, that's responsible for them. Um, I don't think we as designers, as a profession, owe anything to anybody. As citizens and people, maybe, but as designers, I'm a little bit tired of hearing all these people saying that we owe somebody, something to somebody. Any response to that, gentlemen? Michael, um, Michael's chomping at the bit here. I don't, I don't feel as though I owe anybody anything as a designer. I feel like I have an opportunity to, and this sounds so big, but make make the world a better looking place to the degree that I can and um I mean and better looking or smarter or to make people think more and um has been really compelled to be working on bigger brands to show how kind of they can impact the way the world sees and slowly but surely I don't know, make the world a, a better place. I know it sounds lofty but God bless you, Michael Ian Kay. <laughs> Penner had his hand, his head in his hands for most of that um, response. So, what, what do you no, think, I mean, Penner? In some ways, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think, um, I think that, or the, the idea of the opportunity uh, is something that, that um, appeals to me. That we can do something on a grassroots level, and I think you got to, you got to do what what's interesting to you. It's not about like having some kind of con, you know, fulfilling some kind of um, idea what other people want you to do. I think it's just do what you feel is, is the, what interests you and what comes close, what's like close to your heart. And I think that's our our, our whole idea with the DIY culture thing. It's just it, it's craft that um, provides some kind of meaning in people's life, and it's kind of an, it's sort of an anti-consumerism thing, but it's also more more than that. It's just about like making something for yourself and make yourself happy. Well, we'll be back with this conversation in a few minutes. You're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages. Please don't go away. More and more people are starting their day with informative, focused business talk. Top experts. Today's business issues. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Rob Wallace. My partners and I run one of the country's premier brand identity and packaging design consultancies, Wallace Church. And if you're like me, you've already become an avid fan of the program that you're listening to, Design Matters. And if you're like me, you want more. You want a deeper dive into some of the strategic and creative issues that have inspired design and affect consumer buying behavior. You want to engage the speakers on a one-to-one basis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in luck. Through the Institute of International Research, a three-day conference is being held in Manhattan's Grand Dame on April 18th through 20th. The conference name is FUSE, and its focus is on the synergy of brand strategy, design, and performance. It promises to be the year's most informative brand identity industry event. Debbie Millman of Design Matters will join Cheryl Swanson to host an elite group of brand identity thought leaders from the marketing, design, and consumer insights worlds. You'll hear from Mary Ann Pesch, the president of Gillette Company's personal care division, on the identity strategies that have shaped some of the most successful world brand launches. Design Matters guests Professor Grant McCracken will analyze the cultural trends that affect consumer interactions with brands. Stanley Hainsworth, global creative director of Starbucks, will be sharing the critical role that design played in the success of that brand phenom. And I will be moderating a panel of corporate design leaders from Nestle, Unilever Foods, Sharing Plow, and the retailer CVS, where you can directly engage them with your questions. This event is dedicated to delivering the most forward-thinking and inspirational, as well as real-world and actionable criteria into how you can optimize brand identity in your organization. It is simply not to be missed. For more information, call 888-670-8200. That's 888-670-8200. Or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD. 
for brand identity package design. Again, www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD. Mention Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. I look most forward to meeting you on April 18th at the Plaza here in New York City. Join Jane Curry and Diana Young every Monday at 8 a.m. for The Last Word. When you listen to The Last Word, you won't feel as though you're getting a root canal without anesthetic. And you'll leave every show with tips about how to write so you can get more promotions, make more money, and go home early. Learn how to add persuasive power to everything you write, from email to sales proposals, and get the praise and respect you deserve. So tune in and call in to The Last Word with Jane Curry and Diana Young every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Bottom Line of Business Talk. Voice America Business. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now, back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Live from the Empire State Building, you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the only talk radio show on the air focusing on issues relating to graphic design, branding, and culture. I am Debbie Millman, your host, and my guests today are five bad boys of design, Michael Ian Kay, Mark Kingsley, Peter Ringbaum, James Victoria, and Armin Vitt. If you want to join our conversation, please call 1-866-233-7861. And um, Mark was adjusting himself now, so hopefully he's comfortable. <laughs> he was challenging James on his... Um, Suck Society commentary, um, but I would like to talk a little bit about what keeps you guys up at night. What are you worried about? James, what are you worried about? Nothing. I sleep really well. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> no, um, you know, I mean, can I say it on the radio? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm quite frankly worried about that we have this extremely fucking dangerous president. Okay. I mean, he's more dangerous than all the other dangerous presidents because he's stupid. <laughs> is that okay. okay? Yeah, it is. Actually, we have a caller. We have Denise from New York. Me up, but... Okay. Well, let's see what our caller has to ask you guys. Denise, you're on the air. Hi, Debbie. Um, I actually, it's a little bit of a lighter question. Oh, it's the, uh, Denise? <laughs> Denise Schiffer? <laughs> uh, yes, that's me. Denise Schiffer, the designer. Yes. Oh, we have a bad girl in the making on the phone, gentlemen. I'm sorry. Go ahead with your and, question. Uh, I actually am a graduate of Portfolio Center also that uh, James mentioned earlier. Yeehaw! All right. <laughs> uh, I just had a quick question for James, actually. Um, I'm sure everyone's aware of his uh, very flashy and expressive shirts, but I was just wondering where he shops. <laughs> <laughs> Denise, that's why you called. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> Questions like that could be addressed to James Victoria, James at jamesvictoria.com. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, well, thank you for calling. Um, we were talking about what keeps you up at night. Armin, you're looking very serious. What keeps you up at night? Oh, for me, it's something very lame. I'm afraid the Internet might go down at some point, and I don't know what I will do. I mean, my groceries will not get home. Netflix will not get home. Um, it would be a catastrophe if the Internet went down one day. It would be horrible. Mark is nodding and smiling. Oh, not necessarily that. The thing uh, that keeps me awake is whether or not our lovely little dog, Daryl, has uh, gone to the bathroom in the bathroom and eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in general, the thing that keeps me up at night is, you know, there's so much to learn, so much to read, not enough time. Mm, That's okay. it. Michael, we didn't, we didn't get to you, did we? Uh, too many things. Um, all of the above, and um, uh, all right. I'm going to give you another question. How about that? I see you. You're really not interested in this question. Um, why? What do you define as success, Michael? Okay. <laughs> no, um, I guess 
what I define as success is um, feeling good about what one does during the course of their day and night and being able to sleep. Okay. Um, how, do you, how do you go about doing that? But you can't sleep, Michael. I didn't say I couldn't sleep. But you said you were so worried about it. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. You're challenging you know, each other. It's on and off sleep. Here we go. <laughs> um, no, I... I um, Personally, I, I love making things. I love teaching. I love kind of, you know, thinking. And I've been very fortunate um, in my career to have been able to be able to do all of those things rapid fire daily. Um, and I benefit incredibly from the teaching. I benefit, the dialogue is is amazing. Similarly, the thinking and the exchange of strategic ideas with clients and um, counterparts at work and just the, the physical part of actually putting stuff together is, is really rewarding. And that's success to me because those are all things that I love to do. James, what bothers you most about graphic designers? Oh, about graphic designers? Yeah, um, what pisses you off? Um, I think the fact that they're that they're graphic designers. <laughs> Tell me more. Because um, we all think alike, and we dress alike, and we, you know we read the same books, and uh, I we seem to we seem to have this kind of conversation where we in our work we talk to each other, and we forget that there are real people out there that have to deal with this stuff, and I think we have a uh, um, we're overly concerned with uh, an aesthetic. Um, and we think that we think that picking type and picking color, um, you know, uh, serves somebody's purpose, and it doesn't really. Well, who, who's it serving when we do that then? Uh, just ourselves. Yeah. And and you know, design awards, which we have way too many design awards and way too many um, uh, lists, lots of lists. Serving, yes. Yeah, so. Go, James. But I mean, the, uh, I mean, I just WC think I, I just think we have we have too many designers and not enough giants. We have a we're we're a field of uh, uh, of lemmings. With a lot of look-alike stuff. Uh huh. What were you saying, Mark? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, WC wrote a letter to a friend of his one time where he described what was wrong with music, which was exactly the same thing that James is talking about. This is over like a hundred years ago, and he de- he de- he defined he described the difference between music for the under the lamp and music under the sun. And music under the lamp is music that's written for other musicians, like that kind of insulated uh, small little world of the studio. As opposed to the world of every day, right? And that's the problem. That's really the pro- a lot of the problem with graphic design is that it's designed under the lamp, not designed under the sun. What about you, Armin? What pisses you off most about graphic design right now? Oh, nothing. I really like graphic designers. Uh, I think. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Peter is wearing a nice T-shirt. Uh, Mark is dressed in black. Uh, I'm wearing a dress shirt, which I normally don't. But I think we're all very different. Uh, we're all I think bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> Common denominator here. No, I mean, I don't dislike graphic designers. I only dislike graphic designers who do bad design. Okay. Well, yeah, but mediocre design is bad design. Exactly. Well, who who yeah. makes that determination, though? Okay, you who makes that determination? How do, you, how do you tell the difference between good design and bad design? Eighty-five percent of everything that's designed is mediocre, including my work, especially my work. Eighty-five percent of everything is crap. So eighty-five percent of us, or actually, many, maybe all of us, all the time, but have that happening. Yes. But yes. how do you prevent that? How do you? I mean, don't we, as people that are working in the field, that are fairly successful on some level or another, owe it to ourselves, owe it to each other, to only be producing work that means something? No, it's it's an everyday process. You bang your head against the wall. If you if you're lucky and you get that five percent of something that's wonderful that you know like I, Milton Glaser's I Heart NY mm-hmm. right something like that which is resonant um, you know expandable what I mean it just it becomes part of language that you know that's the goal you can't plan that it just happens okay. Well, now, in the last minute of our show, it's time for one of the show's weekly features, the Pop Culture Quiz. I'm just going to ask you guys one question each. Um, this is a question that I have about things that are going on in the world, off-the-cuff topics, things I'm just curious about. So, Armin, 
Big Mac or Whopper? Ew. Uh, <laughs> if I had to choose, I guess Big Mac. Um, Michael, what's your what's the last book you read? Uh, names. Um, well, you're Augustin thinking Burrow. better. <laughs> Shaved or waxed? <laughs> <laughs> Need a one. Oh, natural. Okay. Back to Michael. You have your book? Uh, it was uh, an Augustine Burroughs book, the last one he wrote. I can't remember okay. the name of it. Um, Mark, Jennifer Aniston or Angelina Jolie? Ursula Andress, circa 1962. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. James, Ducati yeah. or Harley Davidson? Oh, the Italians all the way. Yeah. Okay, well, gentlemen, we've come to the end of our sixth broadcast. I'd like to thank my guests so much, Michael Ian Kay, Mark Kingsley, Peter Ringbaum, James Victory, Armin Vitt. You're all bad, but you're all adorable. I couldn't be doing this show without the kind and patient people at Voice America Business, Denise, Chris, Lori, my executive producer, Brian, the man that helps me do this every week with so much patience, Dion. I'd also like to thank the staff and my partners at Sterling, especially Lisa Grant. Join me next week as I welcome one of the most prolific voices in design today, Mr. Stephen Heller. Thank you for listening, and see you next week. Voice America Business would like to thank you for tuning in for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Be sure to listen every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for another exciting hour of Design Matters right here on the bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Get dialed in. 1-866-233-7861. Up to the minute business talk. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Win with effective marketing. Win with proper positioning and branding. Win with Dick McDonald on his show, Win Win Marketing for Buyers and Sellers, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, we will discuss the challenges and common mistakes made in today's industry while providing you insight on what you can do to avoid these pitfalls. Get ahead with effective marketing in today's world. Listen to Win Win Marketing for Sellers and Buyers with Dick McDonald. Heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on the bottom line of business, businessamericaradio.com. Hello. Hi, Bill. Uh, this is George Dewey from up the street. Oh, hey, George. How you doing? Good, good. Say, I noticed you've been walking to work these days instead of driving, mm. and I uh, don't quite know how to say this, but, but, but what? But, but your butt, your buttocks, your butt. I think I found your butt on my front lawn. Have you recently lost it? As a matter of fact, I have, George. It's about time someone noticed. Well, it was kind of hard to miss, if you know what I mean. Anyways, would you like it back? Would I like it back? No, not really. So it's okay if I throw it out? Sure, that's fine. Take it easy, George. Small step number eight. Walk instead of driving whenever you can. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. What stock should I buy? When is it time to sell? Where do I turn for honest advice on my portfolio? For the answers to these questions, tune in to Trading in Today's Markets with Oliver L. Velez and Greg Cabra every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Oliver, Greg, and their guests will discuss the daily going-ons of Wall Street as well as give you tips on how to identify the hottest sectors and trends in the market. Improve your portfolio. Listen to Trading in Today's Markets with Oliver Velez and Greg Capra. Broadcast live on Business America Radio every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Join Jane Curry and Diana Young every Monday at 8 a.m. for The Last Word. When you listen to The Last Word, you won't feel as though you're getting a root canal without anesthetic. And you'll leave every show with tips about how to write so you can get more promotions, make more money, and go home early. Learn how to add persuasive power to everything you write, from email to sales proposals, and get the praise and respect you deserve. So tune in and call in to The Last Word with Jane Curry and Diana Young every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Bottom Line of Business Talk. Voice America Business. Win with effective marketing. Win with proper positioning and branding. 
Win with Dick McDonald on his show, Win Win Marketing, for buyers and sellers every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, we will discuss the challenges and common mistakes made in today's industry while providing you insight on what you can do to avoid these pitfalls. Get ahead with effective marketing in today's world. Listen to Win Win Marketing for sellers and buyers with Dick McDonald. Heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on the bottom line of business, businessamericaradio.com. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On Managing Technology the Right Way, we'll talk about the benefits of technology. 